welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Today we're joined by our latest volunteer, Carrie Forrest, and she's an LDN user, and she's also the author of the website Clean Eating Kitchen. Thank you for joining us today, Carrie. Thank you, Linda. It's so nice to see you, and it's really nice to be here. So could you tell our listeners what it is you take LDN for? Yes, I have a history of uh, thyroid disease, autoimmune thyroid disease, which turned into thyroid cancer, which I was treated for in 2012. I also have uh, PCOS, chronic fatigue, and migraines. So I mostly use LDN to manage my um, thyroid antibodies. And it's kind of weird because I don't have a thyroid anymore, but apparently even if you've had your thyroid removed, your body, I guess, gets into a rhythm of still producing antibodies against your thyroid. So I use, I started taking LDN to help manage um, those antibodies and really to kind of help prevent any other autoimmune disease from forming because I had heard that once, um, somebody has been diagnosed with one autoimmune disease that it's, I guess it can happen that you can maybe have more than one. And that actually happened to my dad. So I heard about LDN and I had already been seeing a functional medicine physician, but at my next appointment, I mentioned it to him and he agreed that it would be worth it to try for me to help bring those autoimmune thyroid um, antibodies down. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how long have you been taking LDN now? So I think it was about five or six years when I started first started taking it. And I also remembered that before I had that conversation with my doctor, I did my own research because I am trained to do nutrition and medical research. So it's something I really enjoy too. So I really jumped into all the research and I found your book and I literally, um, the volume one was the only one out at the time, the LDN book. And I read it. I I mean, because it's very dense, I must've read through it at least 10 times. I was underlining, I was, um, bookmarking pages in it. And I think I even brought it to my appointment with my doctor and he ended up getting a copy and telling me that he really liked it. Um, but yeah, that was about five or six years ago. And, um, I'm, I expect that I'll probably be taking it for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So has it helped with your other conditions? Yes. I consider it to be a miracle for me. Um, I had been starting to get some joint pain, which bothered, which, you know, made me really nervous. I was concerned that maybe I was developing some um, rheumatoid arthritis and um, probably, 
really quickly after I started taking LDN, my joint pain went away. It was really just in my, my hands. And um, I'm also a musician. So that's um, also really concerning. So, um, and then my thyroid antibodies have come down. They're not to zero, but they're in a much better level. And then also my overall um, inflammatory markers, uh, like my, cause my doctor is a functional medicine doctor. So he does extensive lab work. And I know one of the lab markers that he looks at is something called fibrinogen, which I believe is a marker of inflammation. And that has come down. And um, I forgot to mention that I also have some IBS through pretty much throughout my life. And that's pretty much um, fully managed now. Um, so I have not developed um, any more autoimmune diseases at this point. And then my chronic fatigue markers, which my doctor also monitors by measuring, um, I guess, like viral loads. I think there's some specific lab tests that he can do to um, look for like Epstein-Barr virus markers. And those have stayed um, really stable and really haven't shown like any indication of being reactivated. So I consider it to be a huge success in me personally. And I pretty much um, tell everyone, you know, my friends, of course, autoimmune disease and health issues are rampant throughout our society. So um, if I have a friend who tells me they have developed, uh, you know, lupus or something, I'm, I'm always really forward about recommending um, the book and the website. And um, I got my husband taking LGN now too, for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Well, as we were saying before we started that LDN isn't the magic bullet Diet is really important. You know, if you are going to be a couch potato and just eat junk food, you're not going to get the best benefits out of LDN. So this is where you've come in to, to help our members by supplying healthy eating recipes, you know, things that they can cook themselves quite easily at home. Would you like to explain what it is that you do with your recipes? Yes. And I've been eating gluten-free and dairy-free for probably about 10 years now before I, um, even before I really knew I had thyroid disease, I was eating that way um, because I had started developing um, hives on my skin after I started eating. And I read that gluten-free can, going gluten-free could maybe help with that. So I think I have a non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And also um, I mentioned that I have PCOS. So I'm not sure that LDN has helped. I, I think I don't really know how much it's helped with PCOS. Um, it seems to be very well managed now, but diet is a um, big component of managing the symptoms of PCOS and going dairy free and gluten-free is uh, often recommended for PCOS. And then it turns out going gluten-free and dairy-free also seems to be um, recommended to help manage autoimmune disease. So um, eating this way has helped just pretty much across the board with all of my uh, health conditions and symptoms. So 
around um, 2009, I started a food blog. And at that time, I was um, just starting my master's program in um, public health. And I just, I really did not know how to cook. So I started documenting how I was learning how to cook and then some of the healthy recipes that I was developing. And then as I started becoming gluten-free and dairy-free, I really made the blog focused on gluten-free and dairy-free since I thought it would help other women with PCOS, chronic fatigue, autoimmune disease, thyroid disease. And so it's really developed from there. So of course, at the time when I started, being a food blogger was more of a hobby and believe it or not, but it's a professional career now, which is kind of amazing and I really love it. And I'm able to um, work from home, which um, goes well with my personality. And then if I have any kind of like migraines or fatigue or anything, it's just really nice to be able to have my own schedule. Although I do think I work more than I would work if I had a, a you know regular job, quote unquote. Um, but being a, a business owner is, is really fun for me. Um, so Linda, you told me that clean eating isn't necessarily a term that's used in the UK. And it's I think it's fairly well known in the US, but um, some people take offense to it and they think like clean eating is a judgment, like the opposite of clean eating is, you know, I don't know, dirty or bad eating, but clean eating is really, it's not meant to be a judgment. It's meant to be like really talking about using real food ingredients. Um, In my case, of course, I don't eat dairy or gluten because I can't, or, you know, I don't feel well when I do. So, but clean eating doesn't have to be super restrictive, but it, it kind of means like instead of buying um, your dinner, like in a box, the way I used to, you know, like a, a box of um, pasta that has a pre-made sauce. And I'm not talking about a, a healthy one. I'm talking like a powdered sauce with lots of chemicals. And, um, you know, that's how I used to eat, just packaged foods. Um with lots of chemicals and the ingredient list, you look at it, you can't even pronounce the words, but clean eating is meant to be like real food. So of course you could still have a pasta dish with a nice sauce and that would be considered clean eating, but maybe you're using um, a whole wheat pasta, or in my case, you're using a gluten-free pasta that's maybe made from rice flour. So it's a really simple ingredient list. And then, you know, using like fresh tomatoes and making a, tomato sauce and fresh basil. So again, it's like the difference is not so much trying to make you feel guilty by saying, Oh, you know, I, I eat clean and you, you don't, it's just more like it's fresh, it's real food ingredients and it's not full of chemicals. Um, so, um, just because a lot of people don't really, you know, appreciate that, that, that is the meaning of clean eating. Um, so, I was really um, excited when you asked me if I wanted to share some recipes with um, the LDN community. And um, so I'm sending you recipes to include in the newsletter. So uh, listeners can look in the newsletter and find um, recipes there. And then um, the Facebook group, which I think has, you know, tens of thousands of members, um, I've started posting there and people have been incredibly nice and receptive and interested in having healthier recipes. And it was funny because I think just recently I asked 
in the Facebook group, what types of recipes people were interested in. And, and uh, it was everything that all the types of recipes that I write. So everything from vegan, plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, keto, paleo, um, low carb. I mean, obviously not all in one recipe, but I really do try to create a variety of recipes and it made me feel really good to be in a place where people appreciate those types of recipes um, because I am a pretty specialized food blogger. And so it just feels really good to um, be part of a community that wants those kinds of recipes because, you know, a lot of my food blogger friends, they might be healthy food bloggers, but they aren't necessarily, um, you know, have the restrictions of um, needing to like manage chronic illness, like, um, you know, I do, and a lot of the LDN members do. Mm-hmm. And we'll also have a section on the web page on our website a page of recipes so people can go there easily to to find them and there'll be links to those recipes on your website as well so people can um find out more about you and what you've been doing so that's uh, pretty yeah. amazing so what kind of recipes will be coming up next well um as we're recording this it's uh summertime here in the u.s and boy, we're having a lot of hot weather. So I'm thinking about salads and um, I do have a sweet tooth, I will say, although I can usually satisfy it with fresh fruits like mangoes, you know, the really sweet fruits. Um, but I do like to make, um, like I just made a blender sorbet, which was just um, frozen mango chunks, a little bit of almond milk and a little bit of maple syrup um, time kind of to help cover the tartness of the mango and I have a Vitamix blender so uh, I think you could also make it in a food processor but just a simple recipe like that in minutes transforms into a um, a delicious dessert really satisfying and great on a hot summer day and I also wanted to mention Linda we're I'm going to be sending some articles about uh, like healthy eating on a budget and a a clean eating um, grocery list and um, some other tips for people who are just maybe a little bit overwhelmed on how to get started. So we can, I think you're planning to put that on the LDN website. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be sending those over to you very soon. It's very difficult initially. And I think you can remember when you go gluten-free Because if you read packaging, there's just about gluten in everything. It's surprising, isn't it? And sugar is in most things. I mean, soups, sauces. I mean, ketchup is really high Mm -hmm. in sugar. So you have to be very vigilant initially to find out what foods you can and can't eat. And it does seem very restrictive to start with. But then you find ways around which food you can have and which you substitute and you have to it's a change of a mindset isn't it so you think differently where food's concerned and it's difficult eating out in the UK when you've got Mm. um, restrictions but it still can be done and 
The answer is to ask when you go out, you know, you know, whatever it is you've chosen to make sure that there's no gluten in it. I mean, a lot of places uh, that I've been to, they will say, you know, there's no gluten in it and they can do, we have roast beef and Yorkshire pudding in England, that they can do a Yorkshire pudding that is gluten-free. They can do a gravy that is gluten-free. But it's always worth asking. Um, I was in America once and, and I asked do you have a gluten-free menu? And they said yes. So it's okay, fine, sit down, choose what you want. So it looked like an ordinary menu. And I said, so where's the gluten-free? Oh, so it was, oh, I can't remember the chain, but it was burgers in a bun, but it wasn't McDonald's. It was a higher class burger place than McDonald's. Anyway, what it was, was the ordinary menu minus the bun, minus, and it was, it wasn't a gluten-free menu. It was an ordinary menu, but removing the gluten. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Which meant all the elements that had gluten in were just removed. And I, I was absolutely amazed. Because yes, it's become a lot more common here in the U.S. It's I can't believe it. I was at a tourist attraction yesterday with a friend from out of town, and we just walked into a place. I had not done any research because it was a place she wanted to go to, just kind of spur of the moment, and they had gluten-free options. I couldn't believe it. I, I felt so um, happy, and it just you know made me not feel so weird you know, not to have to, I didn't even have to ask about what was gluten-free. It was clearly marked. Mm. And um, so it has become a lot more common. I know if I have anything with gluten in, um, I have a very, I, I suffer with acid reflux. I, um. And I have to take medication. I don't have to take it if I stick to a gluten-free diet. So if somebody tells me there isn't gluten in something, and I eat it, and if there is a trace of it, I am up all night with really bad acid reflux. So that, wow. that's my marker of knowing what I've eaten and what I, I shouldn't. It really does upset my stomach. So what's mm -hmm. the point? You know, and I've had it for years, years and years. Um, probably mm, a good 30 years where I had wow. to take medication. I wouldn't have done if I had had a gluten-free diet, so. I know, I, I'm i hopeful that this next generation won't have to suffer like a lot of us have. Um, I know like my dad had so many autoimmune diseases and I he's um, not with us anymore, but I just, um, I can only imagine how, you know, much less suffering he would have had if he had known about a gluten-free diet or if LDN had been there to help uh, and maybe it, it had but you know we just didn't know about it then um, but you know so much suffering and I know you know you've suffered and probably a lot of the listeners and I've suffered but at least um, going forward and then hopefully for generations to come there'll be um, less chronic illness because it really um, you know really can destroy lives it's really sad so that's kind of like the driving force for me. Um, 
expand my website because I do work really, really hard on it. And so I have to have like a reason to, to work so hard. And that's one of the reasons just to try to help prevent um, the kind of suffering that a lot of us have already experienced. Wonderful. Well, we'll leave it there. And this will be on the website and people will be able to watch it and then read all your information. So thank you very much, Carrie, for joining us. And we look forward to seeing more of your recipes and input. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, Linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.